Cambridge Muslim College, training the next generation of Muslim thinkers. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullah. In our last broadcast, we stood watching the firework display that is Surah Az-Zumar. Each verse was, as it were, bursting over our heads with its own spectacular colours and patterns. We saw that the principle of the Surah is Tawheed, not as abstract philosophical claim, but as a principle of life. We ended with the great glorious verse about the opening of the heart, which yields light from the Lord. This was verse 22. This is heaven's greatest gift. Guidance comes from above. We can no more trigger it than the plants can make the rainfall. But the rain of grace falls on the soft heart, not the hard ground of arrogance and pride. And we can work on our hearts. Much of the Surah has been telling us about the kind of human being whose hearts can see Tawheed and is of the people who know al Ya'lamun. So the verse tells us, Woe then to those whose hearts are hardened against remembering Allah. Imam Mu'aini, whose tafsir is taking us by the hand for this journey, asks us to look at this passage. Wail, which we translate as woe, is a terrible word. According to some, it's the name of a valley in hell. It signifies distance from grace, rahmah, and the imam tells us of those whose hearts harden for lack of remembrance of the Lord. He says, وَمَا غَضِبَ اللَّهُ عَلَىٰ قَوْمٍ إِلَّا نَزَعَ مِنْهُمُ الرَّحْمَةِ Whenever God is angered against a people, he pulls mercy away from them. وَذَلِكَ بِقَسْوَةِ قُلُوبِهِمْ لِأَنَّ بِالرَّحْمَةِ يَلِينُ الْقَلْبِ وَيَرِقُ الْفُؤَادِ He does this by hardening their hearts because mercy softens the heart and makes it tender. In our time, as in past centuries, we see this clearly and painfully. Human hearts are damaged by various traumas, often during childhood, and these harden them against seeing and empathising with the suffering of others. In a state of fear and anger, they cultivate the hatred of as many other people as they can. Sectarian hatred, racial hatred, chauvinisms and revanchisms of every kind, these are the depressing results of a lack of what Asura calls Sharh al-Sadr, the opening up or dilation of the heart. Ours is an ummah increasingly in which hearts are not opened to God's remembrance. No longer, it seems, do we look out upon the world and see the uplifting marvels of God's creation, which really ought to sow gratitude and humility and mercy in the heart. Instead, we seem to be paranoid, fearful. We think we see threats on every side. We've forgotten the principle which the Surah insists on, that Tawheed means seeing everything as happening by the will of God. Doubt and fear lead to a hardening of the heart's arteries, a kind of spiritual sclerosis, and mercy is the casualty. So we should cleave without compromise to people who are telling us to remember God, to maintain dhikrullah. Historically, the Ummah has always centred its life on this practice and loved these people. Any practice which does not violate a known Sharia principle and which opens our hearts with the recollection of the Divine Presence is going to make us more merciful. So let's honour the people of dhikr and shun those whose hearts are made hard by their opposition to them, for enemies of the awliya will bring this wail, this curse, upon the heads of the ummah. Still, our amazing surah is not finished with the theme yet. The next ayah is a very famous one. Allah nazzala ahsan al-hadithi kitaban mutashabihan mathaniya taqsha'irnu minhu juloodu alladhina yakhshawna rabbahum. 
ثم تلين جلودهم وقلوبهم إلى ذكر الله ذلك هدى الله يهدي به من يشاء ومن يضلل الله فما له من هاد Allah has sent down the most beautiful discourse, a book consistent with itself of oft likenesses that shivers the skins of those who fear their Lord. Then their skins and hearts soften at the remembrance of Allah. That is Allah's guidance by which he guides whomsoever he will and whomsoever he leads astray, no guide has he. So this is verse 23. Right after presenting our dhikr as triggered by the heart's opening to his signs in nature, God refers to his other register of signs, the ayat, which comprise his book. The Qur'an is Ahsan al-Hadith, the most beautiful discourse. Its beauty is part of its mystery. Remember Maulana Rumi, who compares the Qur'an to a shy bride. Only the humble and respectful lover can hope that she will unveil herself. The power, the spiritual vortex set up by God's own uncreated speech entering the world is part of the experience and the journey of the believer. If you've had a chance to listen to Ali Keela's recitation of this surah, you'll have enjoyed the way in which he follows the exuberant, even ecstatic syncopations of the divine word. This intoxicating sweetness, which Pictor calls the inimitable symphony of the Arabic scripture, is one of the greatest experiences and gifts of our religion. One can be a beggar in rags, blind, old, and still be taken far from the pains of the world by the soaring beat and cadences and rhymes of Kalamullah, God's own speech. In the Tarawih, we taste something of this gift, which is why it's so important to hear the recital from a good voice and a good heart. Not only someone who knows the rules of Tajweed and has a strong memory, but a man whose soul is responding to the extraordinary patterns of the divine diction. When one has the privilege of hearing a good Tarawih from a surrendered soul, one is almost taken right back to the cave of Hira, to the overwhelming Iqra itself. Through allowing God's speech to pass through us and resonate within our hearts, we experience a genuine witnessing of the unseen. The verse about this most beautiful speech, Ahsan al-Hadith, describes it as mutashabihan, which Imam Mu'aini explains as something consistent not only in its meanings but in the beauty of its parts. Yushbihu ba'duhu ba'dan fil husn. Then it is of oft-likenesses, which the Imam tells us means that the book contains reiterated stories of the prophets, recitals of the garden and the fire, and oft-repeated maxims. It can also mean that which is often recited but which brings no fatigue, falayumal. This again is one of the amazing known miracles of the Qur'an. Next the verse speaks of the Qur'an shivering the skins of those who fear their Lord, and then their skins and hearts soften at the mention of God. The strong physiological reaction to the Qur'an is known to those who have taught the scripture to Muslims and also non-Muslims. For the latter, if their hearts are good, respond with an immediate and deep fascination for the book. I've even known them to cry in class. The skins and hearts then soften. Our imam gives this as a dalil, a proof of the link which exists between the external and the internal. As he says, Awe descends upon the heart, and the skin begins to shiver. This amazing synergy between spirit and body is often neglected in modern medicine and culture, which has a tendency to deal with our different aspects in an atomized, fragmented way. 
Nowadays, the counterculture speaks of holistic medicine or holistic spirituality, which recognizes that body and spirit are aspects of a single human fact. What we do to the soul may have physical and health outcomes. What we do to the body is likely to impact on inner well-being. Nowadays, despite the technical competence of clinical medicine and the general comfort which people experience in their lives, we're seeing an increasing spiritual sickness manifested in various somatic illnesses, asthma, autism, depression, and so on. So the Qur'an addresses our bodies as well as our minds and our souls. The wisdom of taking wudu' before touching it certainly adds to the spiritual wisdom of this, preparing the human being for the encounter with God's uncreated speech. Let's move on now to verse 27. وَلَقَدْ طَرَبْنَا لِلنَّاسِ فِي هَذَا الْقُرْآنِ مِنْ كُلِّ مَثَلٍ لَعَلَّهُمْ يَتَذَكَّرُونَ In this Qur'an we have struck every kind of likeness for people that perhaps they will remember. The Qur'an is a cornucopia or showcase of different types of argument and example. Rosalind Ward Gwynne's recent book, Logic, Rhetoric and Legal Reasoning in the Qur'an, studies this diversity and is amazed at it. But there are also so many fields of experience to which the book directs us. Stories about prophecy, kingship, family, angels, devils, men and women, orphans, the old, the human impulses of desire, envy, hope, love, despair. The entire inventory of the human experience is here as the context for God's arguments. And the outcome, if we're reading or hearing correctly and with an open heart, the ayah says it's dhikr, remembrance, recollection, commemoration. God's instruction has a single effect and purpose. May Allah accept your fasting and increase you in remembrance of your Lord. Wassalamu alaikum wa rahmatullah wa barakatuh.